So for the past couple of days, I have been snoring so badly, I have woken up and coughed blood up. Uh, Jesus. Because, and, like, my uvula's really swollen. I don't know what's going on, but if I'm dead in a week, here it is. I'm just telling Yeah, that may or may not be normal. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's not normal. I'm going to have to go on <laughs> tests. <laughs> so we're going to... We're gonna find out. But like, if my voice cracks like halfway through this, it just like completely gives just out. Gives out. We just start hearing a big. <laughs> yeah. That's just your vocal cords just giving up. If you can taste blood in your own mouths, you know something's really, really messed up. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like setting the stage really well. Yeah, it's scary on this podcast. <laughs> Welcome once again to the Beer and Loathing Podcast, the only podcast that's available in Technicolor. We're available. I stole that joke from Futurama. Thanks for tuning in or streaming in or downloading in or whatever the fuck the cool kids do these days. I actually think it's heroin. I think that's what the cool kids do. I'm PM. I'm not wearing pants, and I hope you're not either. I'm in Grand Rapids, and I'm joined by Sam Sly in Denver, as always. Today we have Justin Cross, who is the founder of the Global Brew Coalition, joining us. Jesus Christ, that sounds super intense. Maybe we finally made it. Welcome to the show, Justin. What you drinking? Man, I got three beers in front of me right now. Yeah. I've got a, yeah, believe it or not, I just cracked the third one because I'm just feeling like today is a good day to have maybe a little bit around the world type of beer. So I've got a Dabina Blood Orange from here in Phoenix, Blood Orange IPA. Oh, yeah. And then I've got a, what is this thing called? Flying Dog Raging Bitch, Belgian style IPA. A classic, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then one I've been wanting to try forever and somehow has never gotten into my mouth is the Stone Ripper San Diego Pale Ale. So I'm going to give that a shot, too. Oh, hell yeah. I'm also drinking a Stone. I'm drinking uh, an Americano Stout. Nice. Oh, dude, that thing is amazing. I love that one. Yeah, it's so good. I don't think I've had the American... one I really wanted. I wanted the Wussy, their uh, Hoppy Pilsner that came out, but they didn't have it. Is they still call oh, it I that? Even, I haven't even seen that. As far as I know, it's fucking really good. I remember uh, seeing a little bit of, of uh, lashback, I guess, over the name about, oh, if I want to enjoy a Hoppy Pilsner, all of a sudden I'm a wussy, huh? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> God, stop taking it so fucking personally. One's so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Joe, so you guys are, like, connected by the stone. I'm drinking <clears throat> a local uh, IPA from Golden, a place called New Terrain that I really enjoy, and... I got a crawler of their awesome. Hoppa Tropica IPA to go on 420, actually. The can date says 420. I'm pretty proud of that. And uh, I decided to drink it out of one of my giant, like, I call it the Punisher. It's my mug that's, I don't know, 20-something ounces or something. It's pretty big. And, you know, I'm not a huge dude, so it just it feels it feels large and in charge. <laughs> feels like you're at the Brewfest in Germany. Yeah, exactly. Get that arm workout while drinking, you know, the one arm, the one arm curls. That's right. Oh, man. Oh, I already had a question that's already out of my head. Pete, I remember what's, uh, or I don't remember, I should say, what's the Americana Stout? Um, there's a lot of text on the back. <laughs> Is there, is there, like, it's, they... a, it's a coffee stout. Okay, that's, that's, all, that's, all, <laughs> I was really, that's all I was really that's looking for. That's all it is. I was just, just yeah, going to broad stroke it. 
Yeah, I don't need the I don't need the story. I just more or less the is it got coffee in it or something, or if it's like their espresso stout or something. And they also add uh, they add espresso beans and Columbus Chinook Amarillo and Cascade hops. Oh, and well, that's an interesting. I can't actually. taste any of the fucking hops anymore because I've aged this for over a year, but it's really good still. It just kind of got that like stale hop flavor on the aftertaste. I don't really <laughs> enjoy, but. I, the flavor itself makes up for it. Well, that's good. Justin, tell me a little bit about that uh, Blood Orange IPA. That's what it was, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's a Blood Orange IPA. Yeah. It's from a place called Dubina. Um, I just went and got it filled over at uh, probably my favorite store on Earth right now. It's called King's Convenience. Uh, right. It's just a little convenience store, but it's like 95% beer. Probably 99% beer. They have like some energy drinks and like gum but the rest of it is <laughs> every like everything from um you know a whole bunch of great sours like uh on the shelf um and then they have a really good can selection but then in like in the back i think he has uh 54 taps of beer jesus Christ. Uh, i know dude and it's uh, it's rotating so it's a bunch of local stuff there's stuff from california stuff from colorado stuff from you name it kind of all over the place. So I just go in there like I did today and I was just like taking my time, just taking it all in, seeing what's <laughs> new. And, but, um, so I just picked up a growler or a crowler, 32 ounces, um, of this blood orange. So they're up, it's called bell road blood orange IPA. It's a six and six and a half percent about, okay. um, the color on it is freaking killer. It's actually, I don't know if I want to call it hazy, but I can't necessarily see through it. Um, <laughs> Hazy is such a buzzword, or not a buzzword, but yeah. like a trigger word for some people. So yeah, so I, I don't know what to call it. It is, you know what I mean. It's a little darker. Yeah, um, but the color is pretty killer. It actually is like borderline that dark blood orange to slightly red, which is pretty sweet. Because um, I think a red IPA is probably pretty sweet. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's. It's good. I'm always super interested in that. Like one of my uh, favorite breweries out here, Black Shirt Brewing, has a Blood Orange Double IPA that is, I think, delicious and to die for. And uh, they usually burn through it pretty quickly. So I think other people agree with me. But I don't know. That's yeah. that's one of those fruits that uh, I I never really heard of until I moved west. I'm originally from Michigan, where Pete's at. And one, for whatever reason, when I first moved here to Colorado. I just started seeing blood orange this and that, and I actually ate a blood orange like last year. I'm like, yeah, okay, that shit's pretty tasty. I see why pretty they put that good. in um, <clears throat> in beers and stuff. So, you know, I think one of the best beers I've had recently uh, was from another local brewery called Arizona Wilderness and Gilbert. Okay, they uh, I went there a couple weeks ago, and they had a handful of different gozas on tap, and the blood orange was just out of this world. So good. Oh, I bet. Um, Dude, it was amazing. Like they had a, nice. I think they had a tangelo, a blood orange, um, a grapefruit, and then another one that had like a whole shitload of local honey or something in it. Oh yeah. Um, but that, yeah, the honey one and the blood orange really stood out to me. They were just. Oh, the other one was lemon, I think. Okay. It was really, really good. Do you guys get Anderson Valley down in Arizona over there? Um, I would say I think so, but I'm trying to think of what. What one might be standing out? They, uh, they, I know they're out of California. I couldn't tell you where. Um, they have a handful of gozas, and the first one of theirs I've ever had happened to be a blood orange goza. And 
I don't know if I had like a funky six pack, but like a few of them either, I either got nothing at all or I got all the blood orange I could possibly handle. And the the weirdest thing was the time I got the best amount of blood orange, like the best flavor from it when I was eating it or I was drinking it while eating Taco Bell of all fucking things. And yeah, I I felt kind of bad. Like, I feel like I am under brings out the best flavors in any beer. I mean, that's just universally accepted. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's, you know, it's only 80% beef. So the other 20% of whatever is in that stuff just amps everything else up. Exactly. Dude, dude, you're not joking. My, do you guys know the classy alcoholic, my buddy in uh, Tucson? No, but I went to look this guy up. I like his name. <laughs> Dude, he's awesome. So his his skit is uh, whatever you want to call it, his shtick. He basically wears a suit and tie and shirt like everywhere he goes. And he's he's a, like a beer blogger. He writes these hilarious beer stories. He tries everyone's beer, knows all the brewers, all the bartenders, all the owners, all that type of stuff. And he just posted, I think it was yesterday on Instagram, um, Facebook too, I'm sure. But uh, basically, whatever beer he had, he's like, oh, the new classy alcoholic pairing with fucking Taco Bell's Dorito taco or some shit. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's got a tie and a suit on and he's eating some shitty Taco Bell thing and eating it and drinking a craft beer. But he's a. Uh, Oh he's my god! Man. I want to talk to this guy. I, I do too. I just he, I just looked awesome. him up. He, uh, the classy alcoholic, Arizona's classiest guide to local drinking. That's his blog. <laughs> yep. Beautiful. Yeah, he's uh he's really good. I just spent the day with him in uh, Tucson. What was it? Last week, I think. Yeah, the end of last week on Friday, and we went to Borderlands and uh, Pueblo Vida. Okay. Some beers. Is yeah, Borderlands least... like a beer bar or a brewery, or it's not a video game? I'm assuming. Uh, no, it's not a video game. Although the building is super cool, uh, you would you would want it as like a video game background for sure. Nice. It's <laughs> super cool, man. Like the building is probably like I'll have to guess. I'll probably get it wrong, but I think it's about a hundred years old. This old ass building, and it's right on the railroad track. So you'll be sitting there talking, having a beer, and then fucking <laughs> like literally <laughs> right behind the bartender. The train goes by. No shit. That's crazy. Uh, that's so yeah. cool. But they make their own beer right there. They make really good beer. And then uh, just down the street, uh, there's actually a handful of breweries down there in Tucson. But we went to one of the newer ones called Pueblo Vida. They make their own beer. Uh, supposedly, they have someone from uh, Hill Farmstead helping them with their beers. And oh, wow. It was, they were all really tasty. Yes. All right, that's uh, that's a good uh, person to have in your corner if that's the case. Yeah, I mean it's just a rumor, but I've heard it from a, like three different people at different times, so I'm kind of I'm thinking it's probably happening at this point. <laughs> at three at three uh, three claims, it's probably pretty safe to assume it's got some sort of uh, base to it. Right. Well, now I know there's a handful of stuff I want to ask you about Justin, but I guess tell me a little bit about Arizona and like the beer scene, like where you're at, because. One thing we do like to do on this show is try to get a feel for all the different areas. And honestly, like the Southwest and stuff, I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. concerned Southwest. I'm assuming it is. Um, That's definitely an area we've never really had anyone on the show from. I know, Pete, you've been to like Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, uh, I I really loved Albuquerque, New Mexico. But I I think I've only been to like Tucson, Arizona. I've been to Phoenix. A few other places. Yeah. Otherwise, I can't, you know, I was there for like two days, so I didn't really have, and it was a work trip, so I didn't really have time to explore. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, like, I guess what's uh, what's the the scene culture and stuff like where you're at? Sure. So, whew, let's see how I can condense this for you guys. So, I <laughs> I basically grew up here. I grew up in Scottsdale, and uh, left, joined the Navy, and did a whole bunch of other shit, and finally just moved back uh, recently last year. Okay. Um, so, Arizona. I think we just hit our 100th brewery in the state, like yesterday or today or something, because oh, the, awesome. the the guild. Yeah, the guild just posted about it, so it, I know it happened real recently. Uh, nice. So I live in downtown Phoenix, um, and you can kind of think of Phoenix in general. When someone says Phoenix, you have a whole bunch of – couple little cities, like, all together. You've got Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tempe, um, and then some other ones like Paradise Valley, Arcadia, pretty much all touching each other, like – you don't really know as you're driving through the streets or on the freeways what city you're in unless you get off and like, you know, you know what I mean? It's one of those like, yeah. it's all one big area. So, okay. so kind of what's, uh, what it's like out here is you're right, it's the Southwest. So there's, you know, a lot of uh, influence when it comes to like what it looks like. There's a ton of cactus, trees, we're in the Sonoran Desert. Uh, so it's, there's a ton of flowers and greenery and all that type of stuff. It's actually a very pretty desert. Um, it's not anything like, uh, you know, whatever you imagine in Egypt or even like uh, the high desert in California where it's pretty much barren. Yeah. It's kind of like a lush, almost like a tropical desert here. Huh. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. So the culture is, is uh, for like the food and drinks and beer and stuff, um, I think is pretty killer because um, pretty much there's a saying out here that um, – like me and my buddies that were into the getting into the restaurant and brewery business were saying is if you don't have a patio, you don't have shit. Like that's <laughs> it. Like because Amen. the winter time out here, the weather is unbelievable. Like we have some of the best golfing in the world. We have like it's a huge tourist attraction, um, especially in the winter time and spring training for baseball and all that type of stuff. But then even in the summer when it's like blazing ass hot, like hundred, hundred and ten degrees. You know, we have misters, and most of the patios are shaded. You can roll shade down or whatever. So um, I think the weather here for me is perfect and the wife because we like it really hot. We like to go in the pool, the lakes, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah, man, um, absolutely. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of entertainment. There's a lot of bars, a lot of uh, sports, a lot of concerts, a lot of drinking, a lot of drinking and a lot of drinking, um, <laughs> you know. So it's a pretty fun yeah, right spot, up. man. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I, the one time I went to Phoenix, it was at the end of April. And it was like 95 degrees during the day. And all I could think mm -hmm. was, holy shit, how does how does people survive, you know, in June, <laughs> July, God forbid, August and stuff. Right. But, you know, if you got some, uh, you know, outdoor patios, you got plenty of drinking and stuff going on, you know, people adapt and or just uh just deal with it i guess huh you really do acclimate um i mean but i mean there are points you know you'll get into your car and if you forget your sunshade um and your windows aren't tinted it could be 150 degrees in the car oh my so God. there's you know it kind of takes a little bit of like training to like okay every time i get out the sunshade's going in um if you're leaving like a water bottle even for a couple minutes Let's make sure it's not in the sun, you know, shit like that. <laughs> it's just, otherwise, you're going to have hot water in your water. Oh, bottle. dude, yeah. And you're just going to dump it out, you know. Um, so as you can imagine, there's a, 
there's a lot of opportunities for drinking here, whether it's golfing or boating or just hanging out by the pool or doing whatever you do. So the craft beer scene is growing for sure. We're not anywhere near like Colorado or California, obviously, with only sure. 100. But um, but we've got some really freaking good beers here and uh, some breweries that are getting some good recognition recently. Yeah, man. Um, I want to say it was maybe – Maybe it was the third beer you mentioned, Arizona something or other. I know I've heard of them before. Yeah, Arizona Wilderness. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think they opened in, if I'm correct, 2013. And I believe for that year when they opened, they were the best new brewery in the world from whoever does that, rate beer, I think. Okay, yeah. Um, so they've... Uh, they're they're killing it, dude. They have a really cool theme. Um, they're all kind of based around, as you can imagine, the wilderness. So sure. all the tables are made out of wood. Um, they have a whole sour project area. Um, really good food. Um, that's a really good spot. The burgers there are incredible, along with the beers. There you go. Burgers and beer. Yeah. What more you can ask for? Seriously. It's like perfect. Maybe some pizza for dessert. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like your idea on dessert. That is my style. Mm-hmm. Savory with a lot of pepperoni. That's where it's at. <laughs> That's right. Um, you actually gave me a natural segue, and I'm going to ignore that because we don't do segues here. Um, yeah, what else do you want to know about Arizona? Um, I mean, I want to know a lot about Arizona, but what I do want to ask about is the Global Brew Coalition. I know I said I was going to yeah. go GBC, but I got ballsy there for a second. Um, because that's kind of it. that's kind of how I, uh, I virtually met you and uh, kind of got to see you know what you're doing for beer in that in that little corner of the world and I think this actually takes uh, into more of a national global spotlight instead of uh, you know just focusing on Arizona you know you're working with brewers sure. um, you know home brewers <clears throat> people that are looking to be production brewers all sorts of stuff on a national scale and I think that's awesome I mean I. I love reading all the posts that go on in there and always waiting in a, for a chance to chime in myself. But, uh, you know, just I'm more of a fly on the wall guy a lot of the time with my brewing True. experience. But um, kind of tell me how that came to be and and and, you know, what's going on with that? Because it sounds like you got some really cool shit going on with that. Yeah. So the GBC um, really came about by accident. Um, like a good accident, of course, but, um, I had been considering like doing like a, like a YouTube channel or something just as like another avenue to get, um, to reach more people, um, in the beer community. Right. And I was looking at YouTube. Um, so as I was kind of in like that planning phase of like, okay, what's it going to look like? And this and that, um, I was brewing one day and, um, like I usually do on brew days, I went live on Instagram just to say what's up to people and just, I don't know, geek out on the, what's, what I was doing and stuff. Sure. Um, so we went through that and I was showing people what's going on and towards the end, for whatever reason, I was just asked the question to the phone. I was like, Hey, where are you guys from? And I was blown away that, uh, so many people were from so many different countries. I got responses all, all right there at one time. Um, I can rattle off a handful that I remember, but um, we got obviously United States. We had uh, Canada, um, England, Brazil, Germany, Norway, um, I think Switzerland, Australia, 
Um, so like all over the freaking place. And yeah. I was like, are you guys, are you kidding me? Like, really? You know what I mean? Cause here I am in my backyard in Phoenix brewing a batch <laughs> right. of beer and I've got, I could see that there's people there and we're talking, we're having a good time, but it didn't strike me that this, these are literally people from the other side of the planet in some cases. Yeah, literally. So, so then I was kind of like, okay, cool. So I think I proposed the question right there. I was like, all right, well, interesting. What do you guys think about doing like some collaborations or something? And, and what I was thinking about at first was just like, you know, like if I take a picture while I'm brewing, chugging a beer um, and holding a dog or something, do the exact same thing with somebody on a island in Switzerland and they're brewing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or we brew the same thing. And I was kind of like thinking like small scale, just like, cause I didn't really, I was kind of caught off guard, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, so then I started to like really think about it. Um, like what's this gonna, what could this turn into? And what did I really like stumble upon? And I was like, you know what? Um, boom, the GBC was born. I was like, I need to make like basically a, uh, an interactive area where I could talk to these people more often than instead of just like being on live on Instagram for 10 minutes or whatever it is. So, you know, Facebook yeah. was a natural place to go. And, uh, I started talking to people about it, reaching out and, you know, we blew up to a hundred and 200 and 300. And I think we're like four thirty or so members right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and, awesome. uh, it's, it's just freaking awesome just to talk to people and see what people are doing in different countries with, everything from ingredients that someone else doesn't have or different processes or just even the language barrier is a blast. We'll get somebody, <laughs> you know, send me a message and you'd be like, man, I hope that came across. All right. You know, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to go back and read it a few times, but it, the translator works pretty well, you know, <laughs> good old Facebook translator, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's awesome. And it, it, I do have to say, man, uh, I've, I've been involved in a lot of Facebook groups and, that one feels to me, not even feels, it is. Like when I go there, I know I'm not going to see a bunch of like circle jerk self-promoting stuff. It's people that are sharing stuff they're proud of and asking legitimate questions and people aren't, right. you know, fighting over the definition of a New England IPA and all sorts of random shit like that. They're just talking about, all right, let's brew one. Or, you know, how do you brew, how do you get, you know, your New England IPA haze in a brew? It's, it seems a lot more friendly. Right. And not that the groups I'm in are like, combative or anything but you just see little flare-ups here and there where people just want to oh, fucking be pissed yeah. off and this one is just it, it is that coalition's a really good word for it it's just like yeah everyone's there to do the same thing the that's same team brew good yeah. beer yeah that's one of the things i've been ad adamant about the whole time is basically you know this is not a spot for just bashing people and just the other day I had somebody that like snuck in there and like posted some ad for some vitamins or some shit. So I okay. got rid of him like as, as quick as possible. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I, but I know what you mean. Like um, I've been in other groups that I have left and other groups that I just don't even look at anymore. Um, and a lot of the times it's just because you just kind of get douchebags and you know, it just kind of turns into some, weird spot. So I am really appreciative of all the people in the GBC and especially the, the positivity and the willingness to just kind of like help each other out. There's no stupid questions and just kind of yeah. whatever it is. If you got some super in-depth question about, you know, I don't know, hop utilization or whatever it is, or if you have some super 
you know, beginner question about like, what the hell does all green mean? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. You yeah. know, people can ask it on there and they're going to get real answers from people from literally all over the world. And I just think it's so cool. And I love going on there and seeing people from all over the place on a thread that I've missed because I was doing whatever I was doing. Sure. And this person's taken care of and they've got their answers. And, you know, you can just see the high fives through the digital space there. And I think it's just killer. I love it. As, as a person who like has to, my, one of my day jobs is, is, is a community manager, if you will. And to see an actual community take off on its own like that is, it brings a tear to the eye. As as oh, a, as the yeah. person who created, it, I imagine that has to bring maybe two tears. But it's uh, that no, that's that's awesome that you kind of have that self uh, sufficient, self uh, serving, not self serving, but you know what I mean, like self uh, regulating sure. and stuff. Community like that, it's just it's it's good to see it. It's, yeah, it's nice. It, it gives me warm and fuzzies, and you know, I'm a guy that's fairly cynical. I like hearing warm and fuzzy stories every now and then, like that. Yeah, it's fantastic, man, and. uh I'm looking forward to where it, where it's going to go in the future. I, I haven't been extremely active on it recently because I've been trying to get a another business off the ground, but um, I've been kind of missing the GBC a little bit. So I'm looking forward to uh, kind of reattacking and um, getting super involved again with it. Sure, right on. Before we jump into yeah. that, very another very beautifully segued possible thing here. Um, <laughs> Uh, one thing I do remember was you got a, a some sort of liquor license. I want to say to have meetings held remotely in other places. Has anything come from that? Because I thought that was fucking sweet as hell. Yeah, so that's um, it's technically not a liquor license, but what okay. I was able to do. So you know, long story short, um, well, we'll get into this later, I guess. But um, I do have my own brewery and planning. Okay. So one one of the things that is like super difficult from making the jump to home brewing to commercial brewing is getting your beer out there for people to try so you can prove that your product is good and like raise money for it, right? Yes. Because so what most people have to do is come up with their beers, brew forever, whatever it is, decide to do a brewery, and then somehow come up with a shitload of money and start and then hope that everyone comes in, right? So I was like kind of like thinking that's bullshit. I was like, there's gotta be a way that I can, <laughs> that I can get my beer out there and still like protect myself from, you know, just the liability of giving another human alcohol. Right. Yeah. That's always the catch so, is, you know, if you're yeah. handing out booze, it's gotta, it's gotta be regulated in some way or another. That's unfortunately that's right. I've heard the same so what, like thought from a lot of yeah. folks. It's, so what I've basically, after bouncing between attorney and attorney and just like endless nights of research, what I've basically come down, what it's come down to is homebrew cannot be sold, but it can be given away. Mm -hmm. um, what I wanted to do was give it away to more people than just whoever comes to my house or whatever, right? You know, family, friends, and parties and stuff. Oh, yeah. So the GBC actually helped uh, this cause out. Because you cannot get liquor liability insurance as like just a person. You normally have to be an establishment, like a bar or a brewery or something like that. Okay. However, there is a way if you're a homebrew club, you can get liquor liability insurance for club meetings 
And during those meetings, you're allowed to give your beer to other members and non-members. So what it kind of came down to was, well, shit, I technically have a homebrew club, even though it's digital. We are based in Phoenix and we have members, you know, in many other places. Uh, But I was able to get liquor liability insurance for the GBC for official GBC meetings. And so what we what we can do there is basically set a GBC meeting, whether it's here in Phoenix, whether it's in Denver, wherever we have, you know, a little concentration of members. Um, and basically what I've been doing, I've done this uh, three times now is I've gone and had an event made it my official spot. And then whoever is there for the event, Uh, We just make sure that we check IDs and we follow proper, you know, alcohol serving guidelines for the state and stuff like that. Sure. We give the beer out, um, but we do have that blanket of the liability behind us if, you know, heaven forbid somebody falls down or hurts themselves or just decides to be an asshole and try to sue me for something. I am protected like a bar. Um, So then basically um, still in the process of nominating and uh, nominating directors and officers of the GBC for other states. So if there's other entrepreneurs that want to do the same thing that I'm doing to get their beer out, or just people in the GBC that want to get together and have a homebrew party, um, whether it's at uh, a local business or at someone's house, um, you know, as long as they do uh, a few things that, you know, I want them to do to make sure that they're following some rules, um, they can they can have the same liability uh, insurance behind them just like a bar would, and as far as I can tell, no one else, no other club has done that. It's always, you know, go down to your local club, have your meeting there. When you bring your homebrew, it's protected. Um, yeah. But I kind of turned it into this, kind of turned it into the, like this mobile, you know, multiple place type thing, and the insurance company is totally fine with it. So. Yeah, and I never really, I never really realized the implication. I don't know if that's the proper word, but the uh, the ability, I guess, of of being able to as a home as a quote unquote home brewer slash startup business owner to be able to like you know give your beer out because again, like you said, that's uh, everyone I've ever talked to that's I've talked to about starting a brewery. They said the biggest problem is you want to start brewing a shitload of beer. And then share with as many people as possible so you can kind of get that, you know, get your name out there, get your quote unquote brand built up before you even like start. So, you know, when you open your place on day one, people will be like, all right, we got to go there. Especially if you're in a market where, especially if you're in a market where, you know, beer isn't necessarily a huge thing. Like you can open a brewery accidentally in Denver and I'm, I bet you'll have 150 people in your tap room on the first night (laughs) just because people are crazy about that shit out here. But, um, oh, that no, that's I think that's awesome. It's I don't know if I want to call it a loophole, but it's uh, it's a good way of uh, doing just that. So yeah, and you know I could have just gone and done these couple events without it, but I'm just you know trying to. I just wanted to have that extra layer of you know protection or just whatever you want to call it because I do have you know big really big goals for the stuff that I want to do. So I don't I don't I don't want one dickhead to ruin it for me you yeah know? hell no hell no so um <laughs> so we, we've been tap dancing around it tell us a little bit about your uh, brewery slash um other 
venture there, I guess. Whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Is it going to be a brewery or a brew yes. pub or uh, what's your what's your plan there? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> and so I'll, right. I'll, I'll explain why I don't have a solid answer for you today on that. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm about uh, probably over now, two years um, in planning on this thing. Um, when I was living in California, I had a business partner that was out here in Phoenix um, that we were basically planning the brewery together. And I was always looking for the way to get back here to Phoenix. So, you know, we're in the same town. We can, you know, go to town on this thing and get it going. Um, throughout that process or that time, we finally moved back here last year. Um, the, my, my previous partner had started another business, so he wasn't able to keep going with the brewery. So it's, so basically I'm, it's me. I'm by myself now. Um, okay. So I've done, I've gotten in and done like the, the branding, the name and all that type of stuff. Um, and I'm pretty much where I'm at right now. I should probably go into a few more details, but where I'm at right now is the trademark office is very close. Um, according to my attorney to, uh, proving my, my name and, uh, my logo. Uh, we just had to file, some little changes here, but we think they're going to accept it here at the, here pretty soon. Awesome. Um, so from there, the question is kind of what I was getting at earlier. Like, what do I want to jump, jump into right away? Am I going from my half barrel system that I'm sitting right next to now in my office? Do you <laughs> take that to a 10 barrel? Do you take that to a three barrel? What do you do? Right. Okay. Um, yep. So, and of course I, all equates uh, into like what size building do you get? How much money do you have is really what it comes down to and all this shit. Are you going to distribute? Are you yeah. going to just be in house? All that type of stuff. So um, right now my current plan is to finish up my branding, um, secure everything with the trademarks, keep brewing. Um, I've got a handful of recipes that are completely done. I'm not going to change anything on them, uh, but just keep brewing, you know, um, and then I'm hoping to late this year be able to contract brew and get my beer into the market for kind of that next phase of prove the concept, uh, brand recognition, hype, and all that type of stuff. Um, so basically, I'm going to go to a local brewer out here and pay them to make my recipes Um but you know, like a handful of kegs at a time, yep. and I will self I will self distribute to select like beer bars or other breweries or restaurants, stuff like that, um, and kind of transition from being me on Instagram. I'm JJC Jaeger. Like I've never made like really any connection with my name to beer. That's just me and my dog. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> sure. So well, so at some point I'm going to transition from that to my brewery name, and then contract brew and self-distribute beers uh, wherever I can for an unknown amount of time. Um, and then when it's when I'm 100% ready to go, we'll pull the trigger on hopefully a really cool old brick building down here in Phoenix um, and open up the brewery and make our own beer on site and go from there. And then I'd like to do food and a whole bunch of other shit like that. Sure. So, is that that's kind of, kind of the path? Is that kind of that's a big, really exciting, man? Yeah, and is kind of the doing the food stuff. Is that a big thing in like Phoenix with breweries, like in Denver? Um, 
most breweries find it uh, easier to get licensing for manufacturing and warehousing. So like two separate licenses and then just like get a food truck. But uh, it sounds right. like with a lot of the places you're talking about in Arizona, it sounds like a lot of them kind of double down and go for both the kitchen and the brewery and stuff and go more the pub route. Is that is that kind of the case? It's probably, I don't want to give you a percentage, but it, I would, let's just say it's like kind of hit or miss. Sure. Um, there are some breweries that do fantastic um, without food. And to name two of them, Goldwater Brewing in Scottsdale and Rent House in Phoenix. They don't have any food. They are, they're known for their beer. They do very well. They both have their own style, really cool tasting rooms, really cool spots to hang out. Um, but then there's other ones like Arizona Wilderness um, that does really good food. And another one called Oso, which is like kind of like a, a glorified home brewer hybrid commercial brewing thing. It's really freaking yes. cool. They, they have really cool, uh, really good beers, really good food. Um, so I think it just depends. Um, okay. My, my opinion on food trucks is not the greatest opinion in the world. Um, <laughs> I've had some really tasty food coming out of food trucks, but um, I think I would probably shoot myself if I had to rely on a food truck, uh, you know, reliability as far as like taking orders and getting them out at yeah. a quick time. Um, I've just had some nightmares with food trucks and that, ex- and for, you know, in that aspect. Um, but, you know, I think here, we don't have, I'm trying to think of like warehouses. I think most of the breweries that are here are in like pretty hot areas for shopping and food and stuff like that already. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of makes sense to have both so, of them there because people are going to be yeah. wanting to eat when they're having a beer and stuff like that. Right. You know, and, and you know, the wife, when I'm with the wife, like honestly, most of the time that we go to a brewery together, it's okay, we're freaking hungry. Where are we going to go to eat? Yeah. Let's see if we can go to a brewery so we can also have some beer. You know what I mean? So the beer, the food definitely brings people in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And but yeah, it, it's, it's strange. The, I don't know if it's strange really, but the, the food truck ecosystem in Denver is intense. Like mm-hmm. you have to be on top of your shit because like I said, the majority of the breweries, like I, like you, I don't want to give a percentage, but my amateur opinion is about 95% of the breweries don't serve their own food. So, uh, right. and there's enough food trucks. I mean, we're in a big ass metropolitan area. So the food trucks have to be on top of their stuff. Otherwise the breweries are like, you know what? We'll go with, uh, with Dan's dogs over here. If, uh, you know, Steve snapping, whatever, doesn't really do it. <laughs> so, um, right. I don't know. It's, it, you know, different, different areas, uh, have kind of their own little, setups i suppose yeah and you know so one part of me would like to basically have a very limited menu like have just an absolutely unbelievable like burger section right and that's pretty much all we sell or just do unbelievable pizza or something like yes excuse me something like that but the problem with that is the phoenix scottsdale area is super foodie like we have some unbelievable restaurants where like Literally, like some of the best chefs on the planet have restaurants. Like Scott Conant from Chopped has a restaurant like two miles from my house. Like, <laughs> Jesus. there's a, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, like that's a great idea, but there's already like 20 like world class burgers in town. 
there's already the number two pizza place in the country, Grimaldi's, right down the street. So it's kind of like, I'm still like, I got to figure out what to do there. I want to have food at my place, um, and I'd like to have it under my control, but that's just about like a whole other business, you know, with all the equipment and the people yeah. to run that section and stuff. So that's still something that needs to be ironed out, but I think it's going to become more clear once I get through this contract brewing time and get closer to, you know, actually getting where we're going to be, see what's actually around it and see what kind of void there is in the market that I know that we could kill with food. And then we'll probably go with that. Yeah. And it actually like your whole plan, that whole strategy, it's, it rings to me as a good idea in a lot of ways. Um, I had a friend that had a startup. He made pickles and uh, bloody Mary mix and stuff out of Chicago and he mm-hmm. was once cool. telling me about uh, a minimum viable product, and it's a whole startup term, how you can get your product into people's hands without actually having to sell it, blah, blah, blah. A lot of like kind of what you're doing with the GBC in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, kind of the way you're describing your kind of your growth strategy is is just that. It's you're getting your product known, you're getting it out there, you're getting it to the market, you will essentially be able to quote unquote sell it um, once you're contract brewing it and stuff um, right. all the, all before having to invest it. So it just, it seems super smart to me because when you do have, if you do go the route of like going to either, you know, investors or a bank, you can say, all right, listen, I'm selling, you know, I, I make this many kegs a month and I'm selling them all ready to all these places and they just, they go like that. So, right. Um, you know, My it, goal is to, yeah. My goal is to go to an investor and my only problem why I can't scale is because I need their money. Yeah. And it's and to make it so obvious that my my brand, my product, all of this is have all these data points to show them it's working. I just need this to grow it and I that's that's kind of my thinking behind it. And I'm playing the long game on this. I mean, yeah. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to open and like you know, just to me, this is something that I want to do. And my, my wife, like my family, we want to do this forever. Like we want to own a brewery when we are, you know, retirement age and we're grandparents. We want to own the damn brewery and have, have the kids take over it. Like we love the lifestyle. We love the community. Um, so this is something that we want to build and do it right from the beginning so we can, so it'll last forever. So I'm not really, as much as I want to like, be doing it right now, living the life, um, and be that number 100 instead of number 175 or whatever it's going to be when I do open. Um, whatever I still, I believe that if I do it the right way and I have a product that is, I don't want to say superior, but just killer, I guess. Um, that's the goal is to get, you know, to get stuff, to get it out there the right way and make a sustainable long-term business. A fucking men, sir. That's all I have to say to that statement. That's, I think that's the way to go. Awesome. Well, I'm going to stick with that then. <laughs> right on. Market. <laughs> Market. Well, Pete, uh, do you want to now that we've now that we've gotten to know Justin pretty good here? I think. Do you want to ask some more uh, invasive questions? Yeah, I think it's about time. All right, so this, Justin, as I mentioned to you beforehand, this is the uh, section where we've, we've gone back and forth. We call it 1054. We've called it loaded questions. It's just a place where we ask 
some different stuff. Pete has a, a new style of question that I can't remember what it is anymore, and I ask, would you rather type party questions? So basically we figure we've all had enough yeah. beer right now that we can just ask whatever and see what happens. Do I uh, do I have to take my pants off like Pete, or what's the rules? I mean, uh, that's recommended but not necessary. Mm. Hey guys, I just okay. I want I do want to say I've been shirtless this whole time too. Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't know if that counts for anything. <laughs> that probably counts. It's, it's basically like the less clothes you wear when you're either recording or listening. Uh, it's just the better it is. I mean, I, I hate clothes so. <laughs> Fuck clothes. Good, I think, all right. <laughs> Goddamn social norms. That'll be on our podcast <laughs> shirt, the B&L podcast. Fuck clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Pete, do you uh, you want to start us off this week, or do you want me to? Sure, yeah, I'll do it. Okay, so I, I call this uh, Strife of the Party, Justin. I give you three okay. beverages or three options, and you have to figure out. It's like the fuck, Mary kill thing. Um, you have to either yeah. uh, sip, shotgun, or party enema, um, and you you, you oh, tell my. me what you'd like to do with with each of these uh, options I give you. So it's a cactus, hot asphalt, or a fifteen percent Belgian quad, <laughs> and you have to you have to in given those three choices, tell me which one you would sip, which one you would shotgun, and which one you would party enema. Jeez. Okay. Well, I I have never done one of those. So. <laughs> All right. I'm going to guess <laughs> party enema. Or maybe yeah. shot. I was going to say the ash fall, but <laughs> maybe I was missing <laughs> the wrong question. <laughs> Man. Okay, let's see. Um, I would probably go with... Um, I probably enjoy sipping... The hot asphalt. Okay. Um, and then I would probably shotgun the quad. And then probably just go ahead and take the cactus because I would assume that I would pass out about partway through and then it would be over. <laughs> Mother of God. <laughs> you would party enema a cactus. You you just win that one. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> We're just going to move on. If- <laughs> this is this is why we need all those. Anyone who says they're gonna party enema a cactus, <laughs> yeah. just wins. This is why we need those stupid yeah. sound effects that like morning DJs have, because I'd be like ding, 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 winning that one all over the place. Yep. <laughs> God, I just feel like that would get the most reactions from the from the party as well. You know, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> that would. Like, I'd tip you. I'd throw you a fiver. I mean, you'd... yeah, you know that. That'd probably be viral, and as I'm passing out, I'd be like, hey, here's my, beer. Yeah, here's yeah. my business name. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. going to say. You'd be huge on YouTube. Plug. As you're yeah, sipping exactly. hot asphalt with a cactus being jammed up your ass. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And then at right? the very end, right before you do pass out, just say, eat your heart out, Johnny Knoxville. And <laughs> good. That's right. Well, Steve-O would see that, and he'd be so pissed. <laughs> he'd be like, that wasn't his first time, I bet. That's just not. Why? Like, Why son did of I a do bitch. that? Yeah. Uh, That's my best. Now I got to top him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think even in, just in theory, you've topped Steve-O. Somewhere out here, his, like, Steve-O senses tingle. He's like, wait a minute. So, there's a disturbance. I must, I must do something <laughs> stupid. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so Justin, would you rather 
Oh, man. Go temporarily blind or deaf while drunk. Uh, so how long are we talking here? However long uh, it takes you to sober up. So if you're drinking, oh. you get past, let's say, let's say like, uh, you know, the, I don't know, to use a, the breathalyzer test, you get past like a point one five or so, point one, point one five. I don't know where you consider yourself drunk. Uh, you know, you go either blind or, dr- or blind or deaf, and uh, however long it takes you to sober up is when that sense comes back. Um, no brainer for me, deaf. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, because I would just keep turning the music up and just raising my voice, and it wouldn't even matter. I would just—I'd <laughs> be the happiest one. Everyone else would be miserable, and I would just still be having a great time. <laughs> That's awesome. Plus, I think <laughs> I might have said this when I asked this before, but like, how bad would the spins be if you were blind too? Like, you're just—you're relying on your other senses to like hold you up, and then all of a sudden the world just starts moving around yeah. with your feet. And depending who you're drinking with, like if I'm with a select group of my buddies, there's no way I would ever go blind. I would just be, I would be fucked. Just open I'd, season. I, I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, not literally, but you know what I mean? I would just, it would suck. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a nightmare. So I would have to go with death so I could at least defend myself and see what was going on. See, see the onslaught coming. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, I'm going to give you three more options. Okay. You uh, sip shotgun or party enema, three of the, you know, and you know how this works. So, yeah, a, sandwich, yeah. a sandwich bag filled with sand, cottage cheese mixed with uh, Canadian whiskey, and dusty coffee. Dusty coffee? <laughs> what the fuck is dusty coffee? I mean, it's coffee with a layer of dust on top. He of it. said he lives in the desert, but that doesn't oh. mean everything's dusty, Pete. Jesus. <laughs> so it's still, so it's still liquid, but it has dust on top. Yeah, and it, it's cold. Okay. I oh, it's a dusty, too. cold coffee. Can I? Is it over ice or is it straight? No, it's just old. It's just it's, it's room temperature. Old room temperature just. Folgers from the office or something. Yeah, probably. yeah, it's like two thirty on a Monday, and the Folgers was made at seven a.m. that morning. Hmm. Okay. Well, so the sandbag. I'm assuming I'm like opening that and drinking or taking the sand out, or is the bag kind of like one cohesive unit? The delivery. It's device. a sandwich bag, so it's like a um. It's like a small Ziploc bag, I guess. Yeah. Am I going to open it and pour the sand out into... That's up to you. Oh, okay. Huh. So, let's see. I think... Wow. I think I'm going to have to go ahead and shotgun the cottage cheese and whiskey. Oh, God. Good choice. Yeah, I agree. Probably sip on that sandbag. (laughs) And then... uh, (laughs) Since there's probably no reason why I would like die from alcohol poisoning, just go ahead and you know keister the dusty coffee, I guess. <laughs> keister. <laughs> I haven't heard that term in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for the right time to use that. <laughs> I agree. I never really actually thought about it that far ahead, but that's that was the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm... that the. Uh, 
I think that was the beer talking. I think I got a little more creativity than normal flowing, <laughs> so I'm glad that that came to mind. <laughs> time to time to do some marketing now. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Keister the Dusty Cop. <laughs> yeah. Might have to redo your branding all of a sudden. Here we go. No yeah, shit, if you make right? a stout, you got to call it a dusty coffee or like Kiefer Stout or something. Keister Stout. Keister <laughs> Stout. Kiefer Stout. <laughs> Kiefer Stouterland. Keister Stouterland. Oh, man, that's there so good. <laughs> that's really good. All right. I'm, I'm literally writing that down right now. Keister you, you go ahead. Stouterland. That's, that's some free uh, some free consultation right there. Maybe it'll be in an imperial style and it'll be 24%. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, damn. If you do that, <laughs> if you do that, I will drive to Phoenix to drink it. I will just do that. Don't even care. That'd be fucking a 20. I mean, shit, that might be a barley wine, actually. 24%. <laughs> what are we talking about here? That's like, Maybe, uh, that's like Utopia from Sam Adams. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's that like, shit is, I'll, I'll just say it. That, that shit is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not good. That's, that's the one of the, the like the, the copper little vessel thing, right? Yeah, you don't even have to worry about it. Like uh, the CO two seal, it just like it closes itself, and it's dude, it's intense. My buddy got that, I think, for New Year's one evening or one year, and to me, I was just like, I was tasting some sort of like strange cheese and like Ugh. feet and like underpants. I was like, this is the, probably <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever had in my mouth. What did you pay for that? I, you're a fucking idiot. Like, what is going on here? I just hope he didn't pay retail because I think those things retail like two hundred bucks. No, y'all, he did. Oh yeah. Oh. I think he bought it at Bevmo. He paid whatever, whatever they were asking. I'm sure. <laughs> There's a beer festival. And then he tried to like tell me he liked it, but I'm looking at his face. I'm like, dude, <laughs> get, get out of here. You're I can tell that you're miserable. Paid a shitload yeah. of money. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed. To hate it like you have to like it yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're basically paying 10 bucks an ounce i don't even i don't even think that math's right doesn't matter it's just yeah there's no way the version i had tasted like waffle crisp and like port wine it was kind of fucked up oh port see that's, that's a little better it's, than it's like better than kids. cheese feet and underpants i'll give you that <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds a little better that could be another one of your ship shotgun <laughs> yes Party into my question. Pete, write that shit down. There you go. <laughs> Underpants, cheese, <laughs> feet. I'm gonna do it. I'm writing it down. Feet sweat or something. <laughs> or like the yeah. Some toe jam. Crust. There you go. Some whatever you scrape out from under your big toenail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're just getting raunchy here. I don't know if this is the right, the right direction or not. This is, no, the, this, uh, is... this is the perfect avenue to do it on. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't start circling the drain at some point, we're not doing our jobs right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Started so... out with the technical difficulties, and we're on track to just raunch the shit out of it. I know, right? That's that's the natural progression of things. Perfect. All right, so before I ask this question, Justin, are you a coffee drinker? Uh, not too much. Okay. I enjoy coffee, but I don't drink a lot of it. Well, then I'm going to skip that question. Would you yeah. rather be stuck in an acid <laughs> trip or have a hangover for a full month? Oh, acid trip. <laughs> All right, my man. All right. I've <laughs> never really done acid, but that's what I think I would take, too. I hate being fucking hungover. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Dude, seriously, I don't want I don't want to hang over to last even half a day, a month. I would, I'd probably just bite a bullet. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's when uh, 
offing yourself seems like an all right alternative. But like at that point, probably about the week mark, you'd be like, "This obviously is how my life is going to be, so I need to I need to do something about it." You know, and I think you'd probably like look for, you know, Google the shit out of it, do some counseling, whatever you got to do. But probably pretty close to that month mark, you'd be like, you know what, I'm out. Yep, done. Be like, not worth it. Be like the dude in RoboCop <laughs> who ran into the toxic waste. Just be like, kill me. Just, Just yeah, fuck it. I'm out of here. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you, I feel like the dude who ran into the toxic toxic waste dump. Like, I feel like that's applicable in any situation. <laughs> Like it just is. like you, like you, you stumble like him you running stumble. out of the toxic waste with the condom fingers. <laughs> yeah, no, those are so weird. <laughs> and then when you say applicable yeah. in any situation, you mean like a bad situation? Because I feel like if you like walk into a dog park filled with puppies, you're not gonna feel that way. No, no. But if he if that character ran in, it would it would it'd oh. be all right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like he, like that, that, that character uh, deteriorating yeah, you from toxic waste. You wouldn't feel can, bad about just being like, all right, dude, I'll help you out here. Just no, no, no. Just, yeah. Right, yeah. I gotcha. Biting the bullet you know what we're talking about. Yeah. I would think that might even be better than like jumping off a cliff. Like. Toxic waste? At least. Yeah. Eh, it'd be a I don't know, though, because, because if you like jump off something, you're. As long as it's like high enough, your body hits terminal velocity. And I've heard that when you hit terminal velocity, like as fast as gravity will let you fall, your body just completely relaxes. That's like why so, skydivers who yeah. don't have parachutes have like survived the fall. And if they're that yeah, because they're just like yeah, whatever. I'm I'm cool. Yeah, like I'm gonna die either way. It doesn't matter. Then like yeah. your body just loosens up. And you can only imagine wow, that there's some pants. Dark. Yeah, well, I'm taking it somewhere brown because you can only imagine then there's some pants shitting going on if their body just relaxes. So, oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Annoying yeah, me. Probably the best part. Like I shit my <laughs> pants today, so I can't even imagine how bad it is. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> now that we've taken that one to some dark corners of the universe, you got uh, your last one, Pete. <laughs> Yeah, I do. It's a good news, bad news. So this one is I uh, present okay. you with good news, present you with bad news, and then ask you how you're going to react to to both sets of news. The good news is you wake. <laughs> this is the good news. You wake <laughs> up in a bathtub filled with ice and discover you can return bottles for one thousand dollars a piece via a new device that has been installed in you. It even pays two thousand dollars for a bomber. The bad news is. The device is uh, located in your large intestine, and you have to jam them up your ass. The money is then transferred to your bank account, and the bottle is transported to hell. How much money would you make? Um, wow. So it's like twelve, <laughs> cool. like like a twelve ounce bottle would net you a thousand dollars if you jam it up your ass. Like, like right. imagine if you go to like a Safeway or. A, any sort of bottle return place and you put a bottle yeah. into the yeah but that bottle return is your asshole and if you do uh, a 12 ounce it's uh, $1000 and if you do a bomber it's $2000 so i'm thinking that, that at that point i could probably live out um, one of my like secret fantasies and just go ahead and be a bum and make no money oh okay yeah. Wow. That's you know, just be like, huh? Here's an opportunity to make some money. Um, 
But, you know, if I did like 10 bottles, um, I, I think I would probably blow through that 12 grand and just like trying to get better and feel better about myself with like comfort food and beer and stuff. <laughs> and then I would never get ahead. So I should probably not even start. Okay. All right. Does that make sense? It, it does. I feel like that's another first for that. Because I don't. Because I don't think I have the stamina to like crank out like for the rest of my life, just crank out ninety thousand bottles. Um, so I don't think that's an option. So if I only did a couple, the money that I would get, I would just have to like use to recuperate from what I just did. So yeah. I probably just wouldn't even start. There's there's no net uh, net plus at that. So why no. even bother? No, you know. Um, or if you know, did... the entrepreneur in me, maybe I would like try to find like a porn company that like wants to film it and pay me a shitload more per bottle. Oh, there you go. Uh, That's thinking outside the box. Then, there yeah, you, go. you know, something like that. You know, try to find like a couple of more streams of revenue for that one terrible moment. <laughs> Diversify your butt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Get a huge <laughs> bottle of KY or some baby oil. Do it once right. every weekend with a bomber. I mean, you're looking at $8,000 a month. That's not too bad. That's true. It's... Well, well, geez, Pete, when you put maybe, it like uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to tempt maybe, you. Maybe this. we can get a testimonial <laughs> from Pete, and we'll hear how, how well it goes, and then we'll decide from there. <laughs> yeah. It's been going real well for about two years. So. I mean, he did just buy a house, so I mean, <laughs> it's it's uh it's butt bottle money, guys. <laughs> Is that what you told the realtor? I got butt bottle money, lady. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> That's awesome. She's like, "What do you mean? I'll show you. Let me show you. Come by on She's Sunday. Like, You'll see. In a yeah. bathtub filled with ice. I could have been paid for that." Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> man, I've been selling myself short. Damn. <laughs> All right. So my last my last would you rather, I'm not going to switch it up because I'm not clever like Pete. Um, Justin, would you rather drink a bum's ass sweat that tastes like Bourbon County Stout or would you rather drink a Bourbon County Stout that tastes like bum's ass sweat? <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, Basically, you're asking me to take another drink of that Utopia. Um, <laughs> Damn, I didn't even put that together. That's yep, yep, that's true. <laughs> so I'll probably just go with the beer that tastes horrible. I've been Cause, there. Cause I'd rather not go to the bum. Been there, done that. <laughs> been there, done the one one version in a way. Uh yep. Yeah, <laughs> nope. That's that's my uh, inability to think back on what we just talked about. Right there. <laughs> Oh, man, you guys are awesome. <laughs> uh, man, no, no, thank you for uh, joining us, man. That was, that was great. Appreciate you sharing a little bit about Arizona, the GBC, and and your yeah, for sure. potential brew venture, Justin. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on all those things. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Um, you're very welcome. And I will let you guys know um, as soon as my next step is ready to go with the brewery. Yeah. Um, so another thing I'm doing in the meantime, I'll just tell you quickly, is um, I'm basically doing what I can to reach out to the beer community or have the beer community to reach out to me and um, helping people with their health and fitness with all this beer they're drinking. Um, I'm basically oh, opening cool. up. Yeah, I'm opening up a nutrition company um, 
with a guy that I've uh, been working with for a little while. So I have obviously a strong connection to the beer community and a, a love for the people that are there that have to drink beer every day to, to stay on top of their game and test all these beers and just trade beers and do everything they do. So hell yeah, um, I'm putting together some stuff to, to kind of help merge the two industries that right now are very polarized. So that's another <laughs> thing that's keeping me busy here. So that's kind of fun too. No, right on, man. Well, uh, where yeah. can people find any or all of the ventures that you are able to share at this point, um, social media wise or website wise? Yeah, so on Instagram, uh, it's my initials, JJC, and then Jaeger, J-A-G-E-R, like the drink or like my uh, my dog. So JJC Jaeger on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I'm um, just Justin Cross. Um, and then I'll just tell you guys this other one because I, I did file for a trademark. Um, I think I'm going to get it. So the company that I'm starting to help uh, beer the beer community with their uh, health and wellness um, so they can keep drinking beer and they don't have to be told that they have to stop drinking beer and they don't have to be told to stop eating at breweries. I'm basically putting together that whole fitness lifestyle for the beer community is called Brutrition. So, <laughs> nice. um, yeah, so look for that, uh, coming up, we're going to have a website, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that type of stuff. And we're going to be coming at you with Hitting you from all the angles, from brewing to drinking beer, trading beer, um, exercising, hydration, all these things that uh, a lot of people are interested in instead of just being uh, a fat beer dude or a fat beer girl. Um, how about we live longer so we can drink more beer? You know what I'm saying? Amen to that. That's a fantastic motto. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, where we're going with that. So that's... Uh, not out there yet. I do own the domain. I got the trademark filed and all that type of stuff. Um, but me and a couple guys are putting some stuff together. So in the next few months, you're going to hopefully be seeing that just about everywhere. Right on. We'll definitely share that once uh, everything's live, man. That's awesome. Cool. And then, of course, on Facebook, like you said, GBC stands for Global Brew Coalition. Find us on there. Um, and, I'll, you know, hit me up in any of those areas and be happy to meet you wherever you live on this wonderful planet. Thanks for listening to the Beer and Loathing Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook using Beer and Loathing as a search term, but we switch it up on YouTube a little bit. It's tune in, get drunk. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I really want to include that burp that you just did. This is a lot of fun. Even the uh, the cactus enema. I mean, wasn't really expecting <laughs> that, but but I think it went. Well, right. you you answered correctly. So good on you, man. Oh, good, good. Thank you.